Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of Level Up. This is the place where you turn agents into entrepreneurs, and we've got a phenomenal entrepreneur with us today, and that's exactly what we're talking about, building a profit machine. So John Sheffleck is with us. But first of all, Greg Harrelson. Greg, welcome officially. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Excited to be here. Excited to be with John. I think the crowd or the audience is going to love this. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just in the lead up to us going live and some of the concepts that we're going to talk about today, we were, we were getting very, very pumped up to go live and there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff to get into, but John, just wanted to officially welcome you and, uh, and give you a chance to kind of fill people in a little bit on your background, just in case they've been hiding under, under a rock somewhere and don't know who you are. Sure. Well, first of all, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Anytime that, um, you know, I get to spend time with folks that are transferring value to people out there in the marketplace. Um, I love it. And, and I hope that I can leave folks with that. You know, I'm, I, I would say this, I'm a guy that's just stuck around a long time. I uh, started selling real estate at 21, got into leadership. And then my last real job, I, I ran a, a multi-office organization um, and, and really came to understand the, the, the critical pieces to driving productivity and driving profit and, and recognize ultimately that we're in the human resource business. And so about 14, 15 years ago, I started uh, traveling around the world, working with brokers, owners, managers, and that's evolved to working with teams in all aspects of running a brokerage. But the most important part of, of it is, um, you know, the attraction, the development, and the retention of human resource and that good old thing recruiting. And here I am with you guys today. Can't wait to share. <laughs> so uh, excited to have you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so talk to me a little bit about um, trust and, and how that gives you the freedom to scale up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, the one thing that I share with, you know, there's, there's so many academic things and systems and processes that you can unpack with people. I just got up a coaching call before I um, got on with you guys. And, and the one thing that I share, share with them is I want you to understand some principles. And the one is trust equals capacity. Trust equals capacity. And you look at whether it's a team or a brokerage firm, ultimately the ceiling of a company or a team is their capacity. It's the, the leader. And, and to grow your capacity, there's a couple of things you need to do. You need to trust people to take the actions that you've been controlling. Okay. And so that's going to expand your capacity. That's the number one most critical thing to do. And then the second piece, then when you move into that space, because the the other the other cap to it is when you get underneath it is that um, each and every one of us we have different capacities but each and every one of us can only manage so many people so then it's moving from the space of okay I'm not going to manage people anymore I'm going to manage a system that manages people but the first step in that is that you've got to learn how to trust and the first person you got to trust is yourself. Hmm. Greg, I'll let you jump in here before I yeah. take over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is great. So, so John, you know, so what I was just writing down in my notes, because I often take notes from these things. Um, so the leader must trust the people. And then, um, and, and then, of course, that gives them capacity. What I would imagine that you've probably got some information on. And then when the, the people trust the leader, 
So it's two ways, right? It's like I've got to trust the uh, my 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 staff or or the people that I'm going to delegate to. But what happens when they actually trust me? When it goes in reverse, how does that impact capacity? Well, it it's then what happens is, and ultimately you're you're now operating in vision. There's three types of leaders. There's the standard style leader, and that's the enforcer who caps themselves because they've got you know everyone's independent and not connected, so there's not interdependent. And then you've got the family style leader, and that's the person that coddles people, and 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 there's just no way they can grow. But with vision, what you start doing is then you allow. See, I think potential is something that we can experience. I don't think it's something that we're born with. And so when we when we let go of the control, and people know they're trusted, and they trust us back. Number one, your retention is going to change dramatically. Number two, when people trust you, trust that they're safe in what is a tense environment. And there's a difference between tension and stress. There's a huge difference between tension and stress. Stress shuts a human being down. Tension facilitates change. When they have that trust, number one, they're going to go out and take risks. And to be successful and grow, you've got to take risks. Number two, they aren't going to leave you. And number three, they're going to enroll people for you. And they'll, quite frankly, create the recruiting machine for you. And that just touches on the fact of recruiting is actually an inside-out job before it's an outside-in job. That's interesting. So what comes first? The trust of your trusting your people or your people mm -hmm. trusting you? Well, there's one before that. It's trusting yourself. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so, so there's that one. And, 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 and so the next piece is, is what I would say is, is then you've got to go to some principles attaching to that. You've got to trust your process first. You've got to trust your systems first and then operate daily in your business where you're attached to the process and detached from the outcome. And so I would say that, that it is, you know, moving along and trusting your system and your process first, operating in a principle where you're not emotionally attached to the outcome. And that's very challenging because we're all driven people that have goals and we have commitments, but, you know, that's just how it works. Um, what we John, have you're to talking do about shifting have... your commitment to more of the act, shifting your commitment to more of the process and the activities and rather than the outcome. Absolutely. And that's a because very we, difficult thing for a lot of people to do. It's huge. And it's the breakthrough. And what, and what you guys know in, in working with and dealing with highly productive human beings, it's the tiny hinges that swing big doors. It's that little nuance that can make the huge shift because what happens is, is that we get these goals and commitments that are really, really important, but then we abandon our theme. If, if, if something not, is, isn't going right and, and, oh my gosh, I'm not going to hit it, then what happens, our emotions take over and we get into react mode versus a respond mode, which is responsible. And so then we create this pattern of abandonment that takes place. It's, it's sticking to a system and a process is proven. Yes, do we do, we do a, a retro 60 day, a retro 90 day and reflect and gather intelligence and raw data based on you know, what's happened to, to revision forward? Sure, but we've got to stick to the process. Consistency is the productivity killer. It just is.
That's solid. Matt, before we go on, I, I want to just um, – I want to back up for a minute. And because the audience – if sure. I'm in the audience right now and listening, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is kind of a fairly deep. So let's – like before we got on live, we just had some brief conversations. And one of the things I think we all agreed um, um, on is that the industry, the real estate industry as a whole, we're seeing a lot more agents becoming entrepreneurs. We've seen business owners, brokers, managers all focusing on the term recruiting. But over the last couple of years, we're starting to see agents build teams, and then they're looking to attract talent. Now, we could put attracting talent and recruiting. We could say they're kind of like two words that, you know, that, that are, are accomplishing the same thing. Attracting talent might be a new, uh, a, the new sexy way to, to say it. Recruiting may be the old way uh, to say it. But I think that's for the audience. They need to know that, you know, what, one of the things that you've done, John, is people are coming to you, amongst many other reasons, for you to help them scale their businesses so they can go from agent to team or from team to scaling to a much bigger team and whatnot. So just to put everything in perspective, I think that's kind of like the beginning of this conversation. And then the trust, uh, uh, you know, equals capacity is just part of how we're, how people are accomplishing what it is that we just uh, discussed. So just wanted to kind of lay that foundation. I felt that might be necessary. Yep, really good. Yeah, agree. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you have to you, you have to have the aspirations, John, to to progress and keep on. I would say doubling or and, and even doubling again your business in order to really start to do like that deep personal work that we talked about, uh, building the trust in yourself, building the trust in your in your own processes, your own systems. Um, the interesting thing about watching agents go from from salespeople to more of an entrepreneurial spirit is then it, it raises the the personal development issues that that need to be dealt with right on the way to scale which is that that's always the part of this that fascinates me the most so that's uh i think what you touched on which is i, I think beginning agents that are kind of starting down this path might have missed that like because there was so much deep stuff that you gave out there but step one is trusting and, and really pouring yourself into your own systems and processes right like that's step one before you can start bringing on, before you can build a profit machine, before you can start bringing on people, right? So really getting in touch with your own systems and your own processes. Does that sound about right? Do I have that right for step one? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so, so then you, because you're going to have your trials and errors and, and then to create something that is duplicatable and, and, and mm -hmm. certainly scalable to a certain level until you hit that next ceiling and step you need to take. Bang yeah. on. Yeah. So then if you get if you get that, then what's the next step beyond that? So let's say you start to get your own systems and processes comfortable to where they're duplicatable. You know what you're doing. It's documented. Right. So then you're looking at, OK, great. Uh, what what am I like? Where is that leading to? Do I now hire my first person or, or my next round of people? Like what's that next step after you get the, the system and the process kind of down? Sure. The the number one thing is certainly um, if you're productive, you you've obviously got an admin person in place, and, and and making sure that you've got your administrative staff in place, and 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 then from administrative staff looking at you know the marketing elements and those types of things. But um, mm. really, what has to happen next is is to kind of you know don't be careful, but be careful. Make sure that you have that foundation in place, and and the and the and the mind shift that you need to make though is is understanding, and I think this is an Another part of the psyche that holds people back from growing is in almost any type of growth, you're going to, you know, you've got to look at the long game. 
And in, in the long game, you're going to have a trajectory, but you're going to have tiny plateaus. You know, if, if you've got to step back into the recruiting game because you're the leader and you're the mentor and you're the coach, you know, that may pull you away from some of the sales revenue that you're, you're used to bringing in, but that's okay because you're going to start leveraging yourself by more people. So I've got my systems that are duplicatable. I have a supportive admin staff, and now I start bringing people in. In the bringing people in, it's very important that you also have a specific onboarding system and process in place. I mean, you know, the, the simple things of what type of model am I going to have? You know, the great question I get asked all the time, so what's the perfect way to pay this person and what's the split? I said, I don't know. Let's put 100 teams in the room and we're going to hear 100 different things. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's taking a look, you know, what's your vision and then reverse engineering out, but then making sure that you can bring people on responsibly, move them into a training system that has context around it, that's based on commitment, and then just continuing to scale up accordingly through people, not through transactions. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Greg? Yeah, so, so I could see people out there that are they're trying to build a team right now john they're they're maybe they own a company and they're wanting to scale their company how where do you start okay i get it once we get them trust equals capacity um and and maybe that's not necessarily when we get them that matters that matters all the time but how do people find good talent and as i ask that question i'm almost hearing myself say what do i mean by good talent because there's probably good talent everywhere but we just don't actually see it so people have this vision of good talent looks like this and they're looking for it but there's probably good talent everywhere we just don't know what we're looking for i don't know what the hell i just said john but can you help me figure it out <laughs> well <laughs> well here's what i know greg with with you being a, a a, um, a, a highly competent uh, in, in the agent space and a great leader running an organization. Um, you've sat across the table or the desk or had a meal with someone that had amazing talent and you may have hired someone. I've done that before. And then six months later, they're in your office or on your team and you're saying, well, they're still really talented and that's about it. <laughs> Nothing happened. And, and so the first thing that I would say is this, is higher commitment. Look for commitment. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, who am I looking for? And I hear this all the time. We need to hire talented people that, yeah. that have this. And, and again, I'm not bad mouthing it. It may come across that way that they tested this way and that way. And us. you know what? Here's the gig. Ready? It goes like this. It's really simple. I want to ask past-based questions. I want to go find human beings, and I want to do it without judgment, quite frankly, because fortunately, I think each of us gentlemen in this room, there were some people that chose not to judge us that gave us an opportunity, and things are working out pretty well. So that's just kind of a, a, a foundational principle that I live by, not for everyone. So, But what do I need to find underneath that? I need to ask past-based question. I only want to know one thing. I want to know some major epic challenge in your life that you had to show grit and you had to make commitment and, and, and you had a victory at the end of it that you can carry forward 
because if I can identify with something of, of a past-based experience, sometimes it predicts the future, <laughs> right? So, so then the other part, what I'm doing though too, in you know, and you ask, you find where do you find them? They're anywhere. I mean, you can, you, you know, from uh, I was talking to uh, to a team that wants to bring on um, professionals from other industries, and so great, you know, we'll we'll run some ads and funnel people into a career event that will move them into a real estate school. And while they're in the real estate school, and this is just, you know, I'm doing the hybrid quick of of a little system here. While they're in the real estate school, then we're going to kind of indoctrinate them into our company and, and have them come to sales meetings when they can have them come to training so that actually day one they're up and running now the scarce leaders in our industry yes it's a call out are going to say i'm not going to show people my training unless they've joined well you know watch this you know if someone's going to come to your training while they're in school but they haven't signed with you yet and you're not impactful enough and your training's not good enough, well, they did you a favor because you got to learn where you get to fix things. Number two, if you have that rare human being that happens to be a taker, that from the outset, it was their design to just suck everything they could out of you, but they were going to their buddy's little company here or this huge company over there that they really liked but didn't have as much training, perfect. We weeded them out, out uh, up front. So, what I want to do is I want to find committed human beings. How do I find it? I look for something in the past. So, so then I can, when, when I'm working with them, see people produce how you, how you hire them based on the expectations, based on what you identify with. What I also want now is I want something to go back to when I'm coaching and training them, moving into production and have them revisit the space in their life because they're going to hit rejection. They're going to have slumps. They're going to be challenged. It's called the real estate business. And so then I can go back to, to, to inspire human beings. See, I don't want to get you to sell more real estate. I just want you to get you to be more every day. And it happens to be in the real estate business. That's the disconnect in coaching period. We're in the most overtrained, overskilled business on the planet. Why don't they do what they want to do, need to do, should do? The next part of what I want to do then though too is once I get them in there is so my two biggest questions. What is the one thing, whether an experience and same with an experienced agent, experienced new or wherever you're finding people, you know, getting people from other companies, going out and visiting open houses because the competition's not out there looking for agents at open houses, picking up the phone, Facebook Messenger. I mean, there's so many email, Instagram. The second question, my two big questions are what's the one thing that hasn't happened in your personal life that increased production? a great real estate career could provide for you. Because now I'm moving people into vision too. I'm allowing them to experience their vision. And I take a look at those too in my process of, of looking for people. Because I think finding people is easy. We, we are, the boundaries are limitless and the price of marketing today is practically free if we leverage the most powerful tools. So I think it's just a matter of having a, a real clear discernment process without judgment. And we've got all the people we need. It's just plugging them into a system and process. So I don't know. I, I, I maybe expand. You, you said you didn't yeah, know what huge. you were saying there. That's, well, it came out, Greg, but hopefully it helped. Well, you. real quick before we before <laughs> we go deeper, what was the what's the second question? Because I, I love this topic. Yeah. It's basically your filters for an incoming agent. So what's the one thing that hasn't sure. happened in your personal life? What's the second no, question? number? No, no, number one was I, I apologize. Number one was the the um and the demonstration of commitment. Delivery. 
Yes. Well, okay. Take me back to an experience. Take me back to, you know, what's the most challenging thing that you're so proud of that you had to overcome? And, you know, my mom, I was a single mom. Uh, you, you know, our, our father drowned when we were four and five years old. My mom got $135 in Social Security, no life insurance. And she worked three jobs. And then at 23 years old, she started selling taverns, grocery stores, and cocktail lounges. I mean, you know, whoa, my mom's got grit. And that's a true story. So I want to find that in people. So this is huge. I mean, I, I just, this is, um, gosh, I just feel like such a student, uh, you know, for you right now, John. So I appreciate that because that's one of the things that I really value out of doing this and, and hanging out with people like you. But one of the things that I heard, and please, if I'm, if it's not, if it's not how you intended it, um, then please mm -hmm. correct me because I want to really get this. But what I'm hearing mm -hmm. is like real talent shows up when a committed agent and a committed leader collides. It, 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 it's when the two things collide. Period. That's it. And the committed leaders attract the committed human beings. Yeah, it's, that's what, I'm, that's what really I get. That simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because because the messaging and, and, and we've worked together, Greg, in the past, yeah. it, the messaging lines up our circle of who, you know, we chat with. I mean, hey, listen, we want to share with as many people as possible, but our little circle, it, it, it collides. Think about that, you know, yeah. from a peer standpoint. And and um, and so it's the same in our day to day lives. You know, as you are is what you will attract as you communicate is what you will attract. And here's the beauty of the other part of that. And as you are, and as you communicate is what you will detract. And that's what some of you aren't getting strong enough at. See, people are looking for someone to stand as a leader. They don't want someone that's gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really, really good. Very good. Um, and and Greg, if you don't mind, we can go. We can keep going deeper on this a little bit because I'm. Are you just, Did you just wipe a tear better. from your eye? No, my eye is. <laughs> did you just get teary eyed with what he just said? <laughs> no, um, uh, Matt, you go where you want to go, man. This is this is this is fantastic. Okay, so so commitment, John. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think you're 100% right about that. Um, one of my mentors who's actually in the recruiting space, um, a oh, guy cool. that I respect immensely. Yeah, I mean, he spent 25 years coaching the top echelon executive recruiters in the country. Wow. So he talks a lot about like like the, the, the system that he came up with for helping individual recruiters, which is the kind of the equivalent of a, of a salesperson in real estate space, is he called sure. it the lock-on report. You have to like you have to lock on and you have to have absolute commitment to the numbers that you set. And I think that's where a lot of us as whether we're agents or, or entrepreneurs, leaders, whatever the case is, is that we kind of give ourselves a pass on that. But then we expect to bring on people and then expect to hold them to goals and activities that we dictate. A lot of times it's stuff that we dictate to them. Right. They haven't really committed it to it. They definitely don't agree with it with their unconscious. But I think you talk about being a leader and growing your capacity as a leader. That I think that's one solid area where if people come away from this conversation, it's to start working on our own commitment to ourselves and the commitments that we set. And do we really honor them before we expect other people? So, John, how would you recommend that other people start to work on their own level of commitment to themselves and as a leader? Well, you know, we had not met until here, and um, what what I know is you're a really smart guy because um, <laughs> we're pretty aligned in principle. Yeah. Uh, this is 
this is the song that I sing and, 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 and at the risk because I know what my intention is. My intention is I know that if people come to work with me um, and investing their money and their time, they want something in return. And so, so for me, you know, I'm on the relentless, on the path of relentless pursuit of the truth. It's so curious. And I say it all the time, you know, we expect our people to, to prospect, to market, to present, to constantly build their skill sets, to have lead nurture and ultimately convert. Yet the interesting thing, and then the second thing, here's the, or maybe not in, in, in either order, um, uh, doesn't matter which one's first. Second thing is, is the broker owner manager will say the most important thing we need to do. I've sat in these meetings for years at big conventions and masterminds. Recruiting's our number one problem. And they go back and they don't do it. They don't do it. They live in the $10 an hour easy activity that feels good. And I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. You want to know why? Because that which gives us the greatest rewards is the most uncomfortable. So we know those principles, but here's what I'll tell you from, again, not a theorist, from practical and applied experience of a branch manager, okay? My production in my office went as my recruiting went that month. See, what we know is it's an old cliche, is, um, is, is be, be an example, you know, lead by example. So, oh, okay, but guess what? And I'll just say it. And, 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 and I like to challenge leaders, maybe make them a little bit mad because then they'll remember it and then do it out of being mad at me. I'll say, um, you know, so 90% of them are do as I say, not as I do, because I'm not prospecting consistently. I'm not picking up the phone. I'm not using video in my marketing. I'm not using email drip campaigns. I don't have an online, you know, lead generation for, for recruits. So here's what I want to say with love. Absolutely. Any leaders, whether you're leading a team or a brokerage, if you will follow the same exact principles that you are getting your agents to do, there's two things that are going to happen. By default, the production of your agents is going to go through the roof. I saw it firsthand as a branch manager. My recruiting numbers were low that month. Sales were low. Well, yeah, John, because you bring on agents, they bring more production. No, it doesn't work that way. An agent that, that that has production, it takes some time to merge their business over. No, it was the direct, direct reaction to the activity the leader is doing, was doing, that we expect you to do. And so such a hmm. great point. And, and, and it's so, so key. And I think what happens, too, is, is that many leaders get into it. Because they don't realize, I, I don't know that they really realize that, that to be a revenue producing leader, um, you've got to be a recruiter. You just do. You just do. You've got to, you know, it, it, what's your asset? Throw everything out in the street. Throw it all out in the street. It's worth nothing. And here's what's real scary. You have an elevator asset. Your asset goes home on the elevator and they don't have to come back. So what are you going to do? React and some some $10 million producer is going to re, you know, replace that $10 million producer left? Sorry, it takes 14 contacts on average in some way, shape, or form before an experienced agent makes a move. <laughs> so, you know, unpacking a lot of things there, absolutely. The lead by example will do two things. You've got a recruiting system. You're going to win because you have quality human resource in 
number two, leading by example. Oh, but wait, there's number three. The number one way to motivate real estate agents is see that, watch this leaders, is see that you have an organization. Oh, the momentum is people coming in, not leaving. You create an unconscious demand curve in your organization. So you've got to be very cerebral and see the whole picture of the simple activity of prospecting on a daily basis for agents. And I'll leave you with this one. Ready? This is the mind blower. Broker owner, managers, team leaders, do me a favor. I want to leave you with an action step that'll change the game, change the business, change your life. Call five agents a day, five days a week. And call me a year from today after you've done that and you've made 1,200 recruiting calls. And tell me how you doubled the production of your office or your team. Five a day, five agents. That's 1,200 recruiting calls in a year. Game over. Well, Greg, I'm curious, just as a quick aside, uh, have you noticed that correlation in your offices between the activities of the leaders? Let's say a guy like Brandon Payne, um, or maybe even yourself, depending on what you're doing and, and just how visible you are in the office. I mean, I, from the outside looking in, not being in your office every day, like I, I think there might be a correlation between the agents seeing you on the phone. We've talked about it a little bit, but have you noticed that correlation over the years of the, your, your activity level and your commitment and your being in the office leading directly to that month's sales results? 100%. I, I see a few things that he's saying here that I that I reflect on and I'm like, wow, I didn't know what I was doing. But maybe there's a few things that I may have lucked out and, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, created some habits that were uh, that fit with this is number one. I, um, I've always said that I lead from the trenches. I don't lead from I, if, if you know I don't I don't I'm not a mile behind the front line um, getting scouting reports telling people what moves to make I'm actually on the front line with my with my people and 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 I'm making whatever moves that I think need to be made and therefore they seem to follow those exact moves I think there's one thing that I would say um, you know that John is 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 hitting on that that I believe in I've got an office a nice office in my office building and I don't open up that door um, probably more than maybe one time every two weeks. I'm actually go in the uh, training center where all my agents are and I have the same size cubicle as every one of my agents and I stand there with them every single day and I'm making my calls. I'm doing my, my, my things and we don't really have to talk about a lot of times whether or not they're going to show up because they see that I'm showing up so therefore that's just normal. What I what I'm what I'm wondering what John would think about is like, man, you know, the trend right now is like I want to I'm going to hire a, I need to hire a CEO to take over my team so I can like back out. I mean, I wonder what's happening there. It seems like the leadership is trying to move away from their agents right now and hire people to become their leaders. I'm just wondering what's what's happening in the market and how that's going to impact them, because I think I'm one of I mean, and I don't I, I don't know everybody in the industry, but I think that I'm one of the few that um, people know that actually still mingle with my agents three hours a day, every single day, standing up at eight o'clock to 11 o'clock every single day. You know, it's just not a lot of people that are doing that anymore. You know, I'm just wondering what the real effects of that will be in the future. Well, here are the effects. You're a productive guy and a good friend of ours. And we know he's does pretty good. A guy named Joe Viascusa. Um, very you know, great, great guy. Right. You, yeah. you know, same principles, man. That's <laughs> you true. Know, 
and, and so listen, can, can you move out? I have a client that's doing it right now. Yes. Um, and it's working well, but it's the rare few because the toughest, here's what I would say is, is that, um, and, and again, it's kind of a gray area. How far are they moving out and away from it? Um, your leadership is going to get diluted unless you're really, really good at developing other leaders. That's number one. Now let the other shoe drop. The toughest job on the planet is developing leadership, period. Mm. And so here's what I do kind of to, to answer your question in a practical space is we're seeing people attempt it, but it's not working out well in most cases. That's where a lot of people will come back. And not that I'm a guru and have it all figured out, but but that's what I hear a lot when they come back around, Greg, is they're stuck there. They've tried to, and then they have to come back down. They try yeah. to, they lose some people, they have to come back. Um, and so, sure, let me, so let me what, interrupt you real quick. What's the draw from leaving? Like, I, I don't feel like, why why are people think leaders saying, hey, in order to scale and become an entrepreneur, I need to like I need to move away from the front lines because I actually think the opposite. But what what's the draw? Why are people even thinking that that's the right the right move? Here's an interesting answer. It's what I find in working with them. the entrepreneurial spirit. They want to really move into other areas, uh, other different businesses. Um, mm. Okay. Whether, you know, outside of real estate, maybe inside of real estate, I have some that have moved into software um, while they're running a really, really productive team. Some that have created a, a coaching program, a few I've coached other coaches um, that have built profitable coaching programs. Um, some of them want to go invest in a whole different type of, of industry. They want to go flip properties. Um you know, you say, well, that's the same. Well, it's really not. If you're really going to commit to it at a certain level, um, there's people that want to open up a restaurant. I've got a client that wanted to do that. So, so that's, that's the part of it. And, and so what's the solution? And it's the first thing I say to people, whether you're today at, um, because this principle will take you through, I love it. <laughs> you know, we both came with our book, Scaling Up. Mm -hmm. This principle will take you through whatever levels you go. And here's how it goes. Every day, whether you've got one person on your team or a hundred or three hundred or a thousand agents, every day the number one thing I want you to do is wake up and ask yourself, How am I going to replace myself today? That's it. And 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 I and I come from I try and come from a not data dump and, and you know because I've got all kinds of content I give people but if I can keep thinking in the simple principle places how am I going to replace myself today Well, I need to transfer value to human beings that has been transferred to me I'm a vessel that keeps that going through so now to do that I've got to train and this is the challenge the challenge where the breakdown is and for anyone any type of leadership because I work with leadership a little bit outside the industry too is our biggest mistake in leadership we think that we're going to hire a leader and they're going to do it just like us <laughs> no that's why you're the leader hello you know, or we think that, but I've got this proven formula. Why won't the agents do it? Well, if they did, you wouldn't have the team, you know? Um, so yes, it is a, um, I think that the, the simple answer that you asked there, I, it's, it's wanting to do, um, it's the entrepreneurial spirit, Greg. It's that natural yeah. entrepreneurial spirit to them. Um, and, and some of them, you know, they get burnt out too, a little bit of burnout. So yeah, yeah fair enough. I believe it. 
All right, John. So, uh, so let's finish out with with this. Um, okay. So we've talked a lot about a lot of practical steps. Let, let's go a little bit for the people that are that are listening that are a little bit further down the line. So let's say they have a team, and they're looking to like they've got the systems down in terms of like they they've got their lead generation down. They've got their admin systems in the back end, right? So they've got you know let's say they've got operations and finance relatively down. So they've got a, you know two out of three legs of the stool, so to speak, handled, right? Now they need to build out the team. So it starts starts from the inside out. So obviously there's a lot of personal development work and, and that's stuff that it really never ends, right? So you're always doing that. You're always working on yourself, building your own capacity as a leader. What are What's the next step on the practical side of starting to have more conversations, you know, obviously reach out and call five people a day. Uh, what are the, yeah. what are the types of conversations that you would like to see people have that will lead to them joining the team and growing the team? Sure. And, and so in going into the, and, and I'll leave people with principles because I know in leaving these principles, um, there'll be real guideposts of the action steps around it. And I can weave some action steps in there is this is people don't believe what they're told. They believe what they experience, create an experience of what it's going to be like when they join before they join 90% of your audience is indifferent. What does that mean? 90% of your audience that you're recruiting is not going to bed at night thinking, I wonder what they're offering at century 21. I wonder what they're offering at Remax. No, they're going to bed thinking, how can I get my Facebook ads to convert better? How can I move the needle a little bit on my online lead gen? What should my frequency and cadence be? And what kind of subject line should I use on my email nurture? So the next piece is meet them where they're at because your competition is feature dumping. And guess what they're doing? They're taking that roughly 90% that's indifferent and turning them to annoyed because you're saying the right things to the wrong people and the wrong things to the right people. Mm -hmm. Everyone's on a different journey. You've got your 10% that are in what we call the consideration phase. That's where you have a different type of conversation mm -hmm. of what the move would be like. So coach, train, and lead the competitor's agents better than their current broker is or team leader is so that one of two things happen over time. Number one, they see value in your coaching and training and want to join. Or number two, if something happens in at their current leadership, you're the destination broker. The reason, and, and, and don't fall for the trap, ladies and gentlemen, don't fall for the trap. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this because here's the situation. It, when you sell, what you're asking for is an exchange of someone's time to make a micro commitment, to hear your message, to give you an audience. Well, the reason you're failing in it or challenged in it is because you're going to a bank account with a debit card that you've made no deposits in. Mm -hmm. The card is the call, the call to action to meet. The, the money that you're asking for in return is their time. So remember this, make deposits in the business relationship equity account. How do you do it? At a minimum, three-minute coaching training video business building tips without a call to action. I don't have to put up with your sales wrap anymore. I'm in the information overload age. Well, when do they get the clue? They know what you're doing and they receive it better. What you do then is so 
at a minimum of once a week through video, through Instagram, through Facebook, through email, constant messaging of value transference, not the we're wonderful. Let the rest of the folks in the barrel of the monkey tell people how wonderful they are, okay? And confuse agents versus being the leader that's demonstrating on the most competent, relevant information portal. And you're going to discover unconsciously, I do more for you than your current leader is. And then you're going to ask me if you can join. So that's kind of the quick scenario. And those are the principles. Yeah, this is straight. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I love it because it's straight. Um, Jay Abraham strategy of preeminence. It's, mm -hmm. it's phenomenal, right? It's, it's treating your, it's treating the agents as, someone that's under your protection and care and leadership before they're ever in the fold. It's exactly yes. the same thing you te teaches about how to deal with clients, right? You teach them as someone that's under your care and protection. So yeah, so out coach, essentially out coach until the point where they ask, how in the hell do I join your team for God's sake? Yes. It's, yeah. it's a series of micro commitments. So, so what we want to do in any sales process is this is, is, is what we're doing is we're, we're constantly seeding the next step. So that when it does move to the point of, oh, okay, I see the next obvious step is to ask you if I can join. And I have text messages that my clients receive from experienced agents with agents saying, you know, hey, um, after the meeting, you know, I, I think I'd be agents selling them, experienced agents selling them how maybe they'd be a good fit because they made the deposits in the business relationship equity accounts. They weren't in their face. They would make deposit, 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 call to action, deposit, 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 call to action. We mm -hmm. kept the business relationship equity account full. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I hear give, 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 and let the law of reciprocity take place. Bam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mind reader, but uh, I know we've got a lot of people watching and I, I think what they're thinking is like, this is, it's really deep and I'm going to want to come back to it, like re-listen to the episode and all that's great. John, how do they connect with you to get more of your stuff and more of like a structured layout rather than just like a conversational form? How do they connect with you? Sure. You know what I want to do is I, is I want to stay in my integrity exactly of what I share with people. And so I have purely a, a um, it's, it's called the, um, the three secrets to profit. So go to www three spelled out three secrets to profit.com three secrets to profits.com. And what you're going to get is you're going to get a three part video series that will come to you that is in the three most important silos of leadership, recruit, train, retain the profit game. And, and from there they can find me, but I really want to leave them with a space of where they can go and see that, you know, here it is three secrets to profits.com. And that's profits uh, with an S at the end, right? I think it is. This is pretty funny, you guys. You caught me right there. Let's 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 check and be sure. Yes, it, it is. Thank you. It's three secrets, plural, and profits, plural. Good grief. <laughs> All right, I'll throw that link uh, into the Facebook stream for uh, for everybody that's here right, with us live. Um, and then, yeah, and then if you are listening or, or watching after the fact or whatever the case is, it will be in the uh, the show notes as well for the episode. 
And uh, Greg, kind of the same question for you. How do people get more of you and talk to you about potentially joining the team or just get into your world? Yeah, you know, just uh, it, like I say, it's always keep it simple. Uh, you know, email me at Greg Harrelson uh, at gmail.com. Also, I, and more and more people are commenting on, you know, the playbacks on Facebook. So comment because I do look at the comments and the questions and I answer them straight on uh, Facebook. So feel free to do that also. That's just another way to connect. And then, of course, through Facebook, you know, Messenger happens to be a very popular tool that we're using more and more. So feel free to just message me. Very cool. All right, guys. And then for the uh, for the podcast itself, obviously you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your uh, in, you know device, and then YouTube as well for the video version. So we uh, a friend of mine was just talking about you know asking people if they watched a podcast, and a lot of people are not aware that you can get these in video form uh, on our YouTube channel. So go there, just search uh, Level Up Podcast. You can also go to the leveluppodcast.com. Everything is housed there, video and audio, and the free training on marketing automation, how to get started down that path, uh, so that you're getting in coming seller lead calls rather than making nothing but outgoing calls or outgoing prospecting. And so that's at the level up top, uh, the level up podcast.com. Make sure I don't screw that up. Um, but yeah, we've got a ton of people watching guys. Thank you so much. We've got some great high level people watching from all over the country. Um, we just really, really appreciate you guys signing on and watching the live broadcast and commenting and interacting and all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode.